Welcome to the first ever episode of Rocket Pod, brought to you by Rocket CRM with myself, Natalie Silver. I'm a marketer, mother, foodie, and fitness freak. And I'm sat here with Ian Wicks, director of Rocket CRM. He happens to be a bit of a CRM wizard, but also he's a wine and food lover. And we've also got Ian's sidekick, Cal McKee, who's a rugby fan and self-confessed techie. According to recent stats, 80% of B2B marketers claim that learning or using new marketing technologies is their least favorite thing about their job. And that's no surprise because unless you're a techie who's using software on a regular basis, being involved in something like CRM can push some of us out of our comfort zone. And being a good marketer, salesperson or business owner doesn't automatically qualify you as a CRM whiz. But that's where we come in. In this very first episode, We'll start right at the beginning and look at the basics by asking the question, what is CRM and what are its benefits to SMBs and charities? For those who are new to the world of CRM, then this is going to be a really useful insight and just understand the benefits of technology. Uh, then this is the place to be with Ian and Kyle from Rocket CRM. And Natalie from Rocket CRM. And myself, of course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Kyle and I have both been working, as, as as you know, with CRM for a very, very long time. We were just saying before we hit record, I've been um, working in the CRM world since 1999, although Natalie thought I said 1899. Um, and <laughs> I was working with a product called Goldmine. So that's like taking it way, way, way back. Do you remember that, Kyle? Yeah, I do, yeah. Just. Gold Just about. <laughs> no, I did actually briefly work with Goldmine, briefly. I was going to say, um, you did the um, the qualifications, didn't you? The certification. Yeah, I did, yeah. One, I think. Yes, I did, yeah. And, but I also wow. worked with ACT as well. So I've worked with mainly ACT, Goldmine, uh, only a tiny bit Sage CRM. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, I can't even remember it. And then obviously Dynamics. Yeah, it's probably worth mentioning Dynamics since that's what we do most of our time now. Yeah. Um, in fact, all of our time now, um, <laughs> even our spare time, uh, Microsoft Dynamics and, and Power Apps, both both of us have been, well, I don't know how long I've been with that, um, using that CRM or that platform since about 2006 or seven, I think, maybe 2008, I can't remember. Or was it a little bit later than that? I think you were around about uh, the same I think it was 2008 for me, I think. Going back, well, yeah, that's right. Yes, it was I've version four, like, version four of Dynamics, the blue one, as it was known. Yeah, the old version four. Yeah, I remember when it first came out. It was, um, yeah, people didn't think it was going to go very far, um, and it didn't for the first three um, iterations. And then Serum Four came out and it was massively successful, and that's when I moved over into that world. But yeah, I mean, we're talking about Serum as if people know what it is. So, what is Serum? I mean. Is it a buzzword? You hear all these buzzwords, don't you? Um, big data, metaverse, um, cyber strategy, all those kind of things, cloud computing. Is CRM a buzzword? I don't think so. Is it? It's 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 been around a long, long time. It stands for, I want to let you say it, Natalie. <laughs> Customer relationship management. That's the crux of it really, isn't it? It's all about data and data on your customers so that you can serve your customers better um and so like from my point of view as a kind of a marketer i would always put kind of data crm uh, closely connected with marketing communications because it just fits naturally really because it's all about the customer so imagine uh, imagine an organization that doesn't have crm so imagine like you're you're a charity you're an organization um 
you're putting on an event, um, you're collecting all your attendees on a spreadsheet, on an Excel spreadsheet, but you're like the only person who's got that spreadsheet. Nobody else in the organization knows how many people are coming. If they want to know, they've got to send you an email and wait for you to reply, but you might be off that day, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, believe it or not, there's still a lot of organizations that are actually doing that. We come across them all the time. It's a very believable. Yeah, yeah, one person's got it on their laptop <laughs> with a list of attendees. Um, and then after the event, like, how do we know who attended? You know, it's, it's crazy. Um, how do we track, keep track? You know, which, which customers are engaged with us and which aren't? So, you know, if, if you actually listen to this and, and that's you, you know, we do feel sorry for you, but please think about what you're doing. You're not helping your organization. But so, also no judgment at all, because I mean, I, I've even I've worked worked for and um, consulted with smaller business where that that's their only option because they haven't known anything else. No one's actually shown them the opportunities, or yeah. there's just like that level of kind of fear and trepidation. They don't want to. Oh, that's a lot of money to spend on a system that looks very techy and kind of scary, and like we haven't got the funds for that. So they just make do with what they've got, you know. But um, and if that is you listening, then continue listening because this could be really really helpful for the growth of your business or your charity yeah absolutely and it's not just big organizations is it small organizations as well you know every organization really yeah definitely absolutely absolutely a lot of people have that misconception that it's for larger organizations probably more so five or five or ten years ago yeah but it's a lot more accessible to smaller businesses of all sizes from a one-man band one-person band to straight up to you know thousands and thousands of users or tens of thousands of users you can use the same crm system that large organizations are using you can actually yeah 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 absolutely i think that although that's a blessing and it's brilliant that we're in this world now where there's massive choice i think that also makes it really challenging for businesses or business owners because where do you start what do you need do you need it simple? Yeah. Do you need it complex? Do you need it custom? Do you need it cloud? Do you know, it, there's so many different variations and options. Do you need just sales? Do you need marketing platform? Mm-hmm. Uh, the list is like literally endless. <laughs> Hence our tagline, Rocket CRM, keeping CRM simple. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's what we're all about, really. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody needs a CRM system, they what they want to do is track their relationships with their, their clients, their customers, or their donors or their, uh, whatever they are, supporters, we always work with our customers to create something really, really simple, which they can then build on later on. So, because we, we know that uh, it can be quite overwhelming when you, when you put in a new system. So that's what we're all about. So, I mean, basically, what does it do? What, what is a CRM? Essentially, it's a database, right? Yep. It's, it's, it's a back end of it is a database, right? So it, think of an Excel spreadsheet as a database. Think of lots and lots of Excel spreadsheets in a bucket, but they're all linked together really fancily. And the CRM is just an application that is the magic, basically, that holds all those, ties all those spreadsheets together and um, presents you with a single view of a customer. So you'll open it up, you'll see a, a customer record, you'll see all the interactions, all the purchases that they've ever made, all the emails that have been sent back once awards between you two. We can see their um, mailing preferences, their address details, and all that case really, history. really good stuff. Sorry to interrupt you. Any case history, things like that. Effectively yeah. anything. So events that they've attended. Exactly. All that all that good stuff. So, we, which of course, it, you know, it then leads on to those key, some key benefits. I mean, I can think off the top of my head of three major key benefits. Um, if I start with the obvious one, 
right? Having customer information such as the past purchases we just talked about, having all that interaction, history, having it all easily accessible can really help your team. Uh, let's say, for example, a, a salesperson is going to do an account management visit or you've got a customer service rep uh, scheduled a call with the customer. They can see straight away what's been happening, what's been going on, who was the last person who spoke to that organization? You know, where are we at? How many cases have they, they logged with us this this year? So having that to hand can really help your team to to have better engagement. So that's the first one that I can think of. Absolutely. It's seamless, but also it's quick. Like it's literally at their fingertips. So the customer hasn't isn't having to wait for an answer. They've got it all there in front of them. So they can actually, if they're say, dealing with a customer or troubleshooting for them, then they can find the solution literally within a couple of clicks and they're, they're able to solve that problem for that customer. And away they go happy. So it's, it's about those levels of customer experience. It's definitely about... Being able to raise those levels and be more responsive, I would say, from a kind of a marketing point of view and a customer experience, as well as being able to use the data, obviously, for the sales teams, which is vital. But even now, you know, now that it's evolved into not even just being a log for who said what to which customer and when did the customer or the lead contact the business. Now it's kind of being able to gain insight into where they are in the whole customer journey. And being really smart with that data and an intelligence and leveraging that data to create really kind of high well, yeah, that's the, I mean, comms, that, you know. That's the second benefit that I was going to come on to. Yeah. Sorry. The, um, <laughs> the, the way that you can identify trends and insights <laughs> about your customers, basically yeah, through reporting, through visualization mm. features and, you know, things like Power BI, charts, dashboards. You can actually start to identify trends. So that's the second major benefit that I was thinking about. And if we think of a third one that really is one of the things that's come into play a lot more in the last two or three years in CRM is the automation of some menial, but, you know, some of those necessary sales funnel tasks and customer support tasks. CRM has, you know, really quite uh, evolved over the last two or three years to to introduce some really fancy features that can really start to, you you can really start to think about automation just drives operational efficiency doesn't it it just makes teams more productive so they're not getting bogged down with the admin and processes as much and i think i mean you guys would have better insight of this part than myself but i would probably guess that when you're working with clients to create those systems for them during that whole process of looking at their their actual operational processes you can help them drive efficiency and streamline those processes through the technology itself so they're learning how to work smarter at the same time, not necessarily harder. So, yeah, I think one of absolutely. the other benefits I'd like to raise in there is the fact that you can access that data anywhere uh, at any time from any device. So in the in the old days, you know, using the spreadsheet analogy, spreadsheet would live on a, someone's laptop that was only ever accessible in the office, whereas now you can access it on your phone, tablet, on your laptop, anything like that. So wherever you are with whatever device you have, yeah. have if you're at the home or the office, yeah, on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> or even feel like field reps, um, sales representatives that are out on the road, you know, they can they can input that information immediately there in front of the client if they so wish yeah. or straight after. And then that feeds straight into it and it's all live data. So the rest of the team and other things can happen immediately. Again, that's just driving efficiency and automating things, which is just a winner, isn't it? 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, Classic example of automation is your sales collateral. You know, somebody inputs data into the CRM, you know, sets a few keywords or key parameters around what they're looking for. And suddenly you can use the marketing team can drive a whole lot of communication to that end client or potential client specifically around what they're looking for. Yeah, Absolutely. totally. Yeah. From somebody filling in a web form, for example, isn't it? And then the system automatically fires off an email with, with some personalization for that customer with the relevant content, as you say, based on where, which page they filled that form in from, for example. You know, all those rules can be predetermined in your system already. And so I think that's why, I mean, for me, I think that's why CRM systems are becoming less and less about technology and more and more about being creative and understanding how, how the people that you're trying to attract behave and think. More, more and more, the technology is just something under the covers that is just there. And it's kind of almost like an expectation that they should, it should work. So I always think of a swan, you know, the swan, classic swan swimming on the pond and his legs underneath the DVD <laughs> 19, 19 to the dozen. But, you know, that from what the customer's journey looks like, it's just the swan gliding across the water. Well, that's what it should be anyway. Uh, if we just go back to um, that customer journey and, and that email that's gone out to the customer, for example, you know, did they read that email? You can, if they don't read that email nowadays with the systems that we have, you can uh, have it automatically resend that email in two or three days or send them another email. Or if they did read it and they clicked on a link, for example, you know, let's say, for example, they clicked on a link to find out about cooking courses. The next email we send them can contain a code for a 15% discount on their, you know, first booking of a cooking course. So, uh, yeah, it can do so much now with automation that it's, um, it, it's all about being creative. But Absolutely. As, as, I mean, I think there's absolutely, uh, you've given a couple of really strong scenarios there with the marketing automation side of things. And I think we actually have um, another episode later in the series where we do delve in more into that because the opportunities are absolutely endless for upsell, cross-sell mm. uh, from a sales point of view, but also say from a B2B perspective, that whole nurturing side of it and helping to stay front of mind with that lead or the prospect. Well, they may have not purchased from you at that moment in time, but you can certainly start to reach out to them and help build that level of awareness. Mm. So when they are at that point where they're ready to purchase from you, if it's the right product or service, but you can actually educate them on that and let them know whether or not you're the right people for them to work with. They're there. Your your brand is there in front of mind. And that's the whole point, isn't it? It's about greater exposure, communication, essentially. Yeah. But yeah, we have got an episode later on. So we, we, we're probably deviating just a little bit. <laughs> but All right, well, yeah, we'll think... save that for then. <laughs> I know another thing I'm thinking, like when CRM, when I first worked at CRM, if a customer wanted a CRM system, you had to literally put your um, floppy disks in your briefcase, drive to the customer site, go into their um, cupboard in their in their office somewhere, find their server computer, and then install um, a load of files. Now you don't necessarily have to do that anymore. So, yeah, honestly, there'll be some people listening to this going, "What is a floppy disk?" I yeah, mean, I, I can know. just about remember. Then <laughs> <laughs> it went to CDs. But Carl, what, tell us about what like on-premise versus in the cloud. What's that all about? Well, essentially, the fundamental difference is where it lives. So either it lives hosted, i.e., in the cloud with a provider. So, for example, if that's with Microsoft, that will live on their servers and you just get access through a web browser. Mm. Or if it's on-prem, you have to, it's effectively installed locally. So it has to be installed on computers or servers within your business. So whether that's on a server that you have directly or a specific computer or something like that, 
generally the main difference is how much, especially around smaller businesses, when you're making the choice, it's how much effort and how much maintenance do you want to do to maintain it on your environment versus paying the, the subscription fees to have it hosted and sort of managed for you. So that's really one of the key decision points that you have to think of. And yeah. as long, along with that is availability, access. These days also feature sets between the different products and things that you have to think about as well. That's interesting, actually, because I remember when there was the, this time, there was a, a period of time when cloud or CRM, CRM in the cloud, where you'd pay a subscription, was first introduced. And there was a, a lot of customers were very hesitant to want to pay a subscription because they wanted to pay a one-off fee. I've got my license there, boom, 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 boom. But um, it is quite, as if you think about it now, it's quite old school because obviously that CRM system is not going to last forever. Um, Windows gets updated and, and things fall out, you know, the, the CRM system becomes outdated. So you need to go and install more files and it, and it can be a burden. And if it breaks down, it can be a real burden. Where um, nowadays I find that most organizations that we come across don't even have a second thought about whether they want it on premise or in the cloud. It's almost everybody wants it in the cloud, right? I think the big change has also been sort of from a personal level. If you look at different things like music in the old days, you'd have CDs and rip them to MP3s if you were going to play them yeah. in car or whatever it is or put them on your phone. Most people started signing up for things like Spotify, Apple Music, that kind of thing, Netflix, all that sort of subscription-based stuff where it's just on demand whenever you need it. And people are a lot more comfortable with that now than rather than having to do all the hard yards to be able to have access to the same information mm, yeah. while being on-prem. It's true. It's definitely that driven it. Yeah, it's driven a lot by the by the changes that we are used used to it now with all these services. That put me in mind of me recently, actually, because I just um, I was kind of a separate conversation. I just switched from Spotify to Apple Music um, for for whatever reasons, and I just rediscovered my iTunes that I had on uh, a laptop with about four or five gigs of old MP3 files <laughs> that I used to listen to years ago. Which is it's been quite fun going through them. Actually, I quite nostalgic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if I'm a, I'm a small organization or small to medium size organization or even a startup, I want a CRM system because I want to start tracking, you know, that customer relationship data. There's so many systems out there. There's free and there's paid for. I mean, if I wanted to categorize them into two obvious ways, there's, there's the free stuff and then there's the stuff you pay for. Tell us a bit about, you know, what do you think about that, Nat? So obviously, in, certainly in the last, I would say, five years plus, you know, there's been a real boom uh, in terms of CRM vendors available on the market. Um, off the top of my head, the likes of HubSpot, Zoho, mm. Sugar CRM, uh, MailChimp, who used to be just a, an email software, have now uh, evolved to become a full kind of CRM solution, even though they do integrate with lots of other CRMs. Um, they're, 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 I mean, the options are endless, uh, industry-specific CRMs. And so that's what we were saying at the beginning, wasn't it? It, it can leave a business or a startup who is completely new to this whole world, kind of scratching their heads because where do you start? Some of these options are perfect for a startup in terms of they make it really simple to understand, which is great. They make the, the, the interface really easy to use, which again, big, massive tick. And as you've mentioned, yes, they often offer this kind of the, the idea of this freemium where it's a really clever business model because they're allowing uh, business startups to to kind of access like a, a, a free free subscription. Normally, it's based on kind of the amount of data they're going to need to utilize, how many users they're going to be using. 
uh, we're going to be using the system. And that's great for smaller businesses that are just sort of dipping their toe into it and want the very, very basics. But although they're fantastic and uh, I actually have, have and continue to use other systems with other businesses, the only problem we have there is once the business, hopefully, you know, the, the software is doing its job and it's helping the business grow. Once the business gets to a certain size, then they then have to start, have to begin paying for specific features. Yeah, they start outgrowing the free stuff. Absolutely. So the data pot grows, the business is growing, it's all going well. Suddenly they're having to pay because they've got more data or they, they get used to the basic features and they want to step it up. Right. Excellent. So I've got my basic sales CRM. I might have a look at this email marketing um, add-on um, or oh, hang on a minute. I've got to jump up to the next subscription. So that's going to cost an additional what 150 or whatever it might be per month. And then suddenly the costs start mounting up and mounting up. And before you know it, it can snowball into a really kind of high cost for what is basically a pretty basic CRM sales slash marketing solution. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a common problem with some of these kind of freemium products. But having said that, you know, the, the, I do think they have their place most definitely for small businesses yeah, and for marketers as well. Definitely. Possibly for a start. Yeah. A startup that's got a very simple one case scenario, maybe. And the other thing to talk about is data privacy. If you're going with the free one, you might not have any choice of where that data resides that you're putting on there. Do you know, that's something that I'd never actually considered, the data the data privacy side of it. And obviously in, in today's world, you know, we uh, everyone has to be very mindful and conscious and uh, careful about data management and privacy, for sure. Yeah, there's, mm. there's, there's two things that I always think about when you hear about these free services. Well, there's three, if you say. The first question is, what are they getting out of it? So what is the free service? By offering you that free service, what are they getting? So you've always got to think about that. You mean, uh, what are they, what's the um, the vendor getting? What's the vendor getting out of it? Yes. Yeah. So, mm. so why are they offering you that free service? So you've always got to have that in mind. The second thing to think about is what Ian mentioned, which is around where's your data hosted? Because that ha- can have an impact. We find more and more clients are asking exactly where we host our data of them. And you might mm-hmm. start getting the same questions. So that you have to be aware of that. And well, the third thing to think about is if I decide I don't like it, can I get my data out? How easy yeah. is, is mm. it to get the data out yeah, of it? That's a really good one, actually. Um, which often those three things, a lot of the time people don't think about when they sign up for something free and then they um, get um, caught. Yeah, absolutely. And why would you? you would, it wouldn't enter your head, really. Yeah, that's something I'd never actually thought about as well is kind of what happens with that data when when, when you're done with that and you want to move elsewhere. Another, another point I just thought of is, yes, we said, yeah, it's great for the startups and the smaller businesses, but as the business matures and grows, obviously the business is going to become more complex. So their requirements and their needs of a CRM is going to change. So again, that aspect of that scalability will only go so far with them where it will they will come to a point where they've got no choice, but it doesn't matter how many additional features they put on or on an offer from the vendor, it's still not going to be fit for purpose. And I think it's at that point where businesses will go over it this right. we need like more of a kind of a custom built or more flexible solution i was going to say the pricing model as well is kind of certainly with hubspot's quite restrictive if you want to take a leap from say the basic plan to intermediary plan the price hack's massive but then you end up getting potentially getting loads of additional features that you're not even going to use so you're paying all this money for something that you might not get the most out of straight away oh, or that's never. Going the, other, the, the other way, isn't it? Yeah, mm. absolutely. So there you go. I'm going to put Kyle on the spot. 
So if I'm a small organization and I want CRM, why should I pay for it? What, how, how much is it going to cost me? Well, the, the short answer is it depends. <laughs> the short answer is it depends. If you want something very basic and very simple, it's usually fairly cost effective. Assuming we're talking, you're going to use it to manage a basic sales process and things like that. That's pretty box standard across multitude of, of CRM systems. Or I just you know, want to, or I've got, you know, I'm a charity and I've got like clients and I just want yeah. to manage some simple, the interactions, maybe some goals yeah. and a few outcomes, that kind of thing. Try, try and choose a platform that's fairly agnostic. So what I mean by that is choose a platform that enables you to use a, a partner to implement it. That way, if you don't like the partner implementing it, you can actually switch partner, but keep you on the same platform. Versus if you go with some of the smaller CRMs and they help you implement it straight away, your only option might be to actually ditch the platform if you don't like it completely and move on to something else. So I, I always think try to stick with that. As a so a platform point, such helps. as what? So I, I mean, I don't know anything about CRM. So what? What sort of a platform? How? Well, you know, what should well, I choose? My, I well, choose? well, I'm biased, so I'm going to say Microsoft's platform. So Microsoft Dynamics. That's what I would choose. And of course, yeah, that's of what reasons. Rocket CRM uses. That is yeah. what we do. Yes, yes, yeah, what we use internally ourselves as well as yeah. um, sell and implement for clients. Um, so I, yes, my opinion is probably slightly biased, but the reason why I would say that is because essentially your data is not hosted with a partner. It's hosted with Microsoft. A lot of people are already using Office 365 for things like email. You know, it's part of the same ecosystem, same usernames and logins. One user account gives you access to all of it. Your data is hosted in the same region as your Office 365 data. So you'll find that the integration between the two are also very slick, very easy to use, being able to copy things like emails from one from Outlook into Dynamics. is very, very simple to use. A lot of that stuff is very useful for small business owners and small business users because a lot of the times they're wearing many hats and they're having to do things very quickly. Further on that integration point, Kyle, I think, you know, there's some of the off the shelf solutions, the bigger known CRMs that do appeal to the smaller businesses. They do offer a level of integration through APIs. Now, when it comes to tech detail, I'm going to put my hands up and confess to be a complete dunce in that area because that's what you guys do. But certainly from a marketer's perspective, I know that there are um aspects of integration that most of the kind of off-the-shelf solutions do offer which is good so whether regardless of whether someone's using the google ecosystem or whether they're using microsoft they can still have as you pointed out that kind of seamless movement of data and and uh, sharing and, and centralized data collection in one area but why would you say that it's it's better to have so like a solution like dynamics where it's like all part of the same Microsoft ecosystem. Why is that better than going with something that just bolts on and then the API connectors help with the integration? Um, I think generally any sort of software that you sign up that's going to hold your key business data, one of the first things you have to do is what we talked about a little bit earlier is assess or ask the questions of where's your data, how secure is your data, because it is hosted with someone else. So going with someone who you is very, very small and is new to market to host your key sensitive data may not be the best option. Going with someone like Microsoft who have been hosting, you know, providing hosted services for 10, 11, 12 years, plus all the, you know, the tens of years of providing solutions, business solutions to other organizations. They've been there, they've done it. 
So going with someone like that would certainly help, or I think gives you peace of mind along with that. The other thing with a larger organization is the fact that they have various different levels of accreditation around data security, which you can easily go and read up. There's a site called Microsoft Trust Center that you can go to and it will tell you exactly what various accreditations they've got to host data. Right, riveting read, I can tell you. Um, (laughs) So we've gone from like, what is a CRM system to talking about APIs and integrations almost. I think we'll we'll probably save that for for another episode. I think probably we ought to wrap this one up, I think. So do you want to just summarize some of the things we've just talked about, Natalie? Yeah, definitely. So if we're looking at the key benefits for implementing the CRM system, regardless of the size of your business or the industry, top one is probably going to be there. It's it's about the customer experience, enhancing the whole customer experience. The better you know your customers through the data that you capture, the better you can serve them. And that's just the basics of marketing. Know your customers to serve them better and to sell to them in a more efficient and effective way. Secondly, I would say improved operational efficiency. As we've touched on, the automation of modern CRM systems helps drive efficiency efficiencies within teams. And the data insight that it gives as well is just fantastic in terms of being able on a on a individual level so that members of the team can be accountable and they can manage their own sales pipelines, but also from kind of the management of that team. Your managers can go in and have a look at what activities happening, um, who might need support in specific areas. So again, driving efficiency, getting the most out of sales teams to um, hopefully grow sales and grow the business. Cool. Lovely. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, yeah. So from my perspective, from a completely non-techie perspective, you get a CRM system, you get happier customers and happier staff. There you go. Right. <laughs> Mighty faces all around, basically. It's not the same, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Appreciate that. Appreciate you spending your time listening to us rabbiting on. And um, we'll catch up with you on the the next one. All right, folks, that completes our very first episode. Hopefully you've learned plenty from this and you now have basic understanding of what CRM technology is and how it can benefit your business so that you can go away and build on that. We believe that CRM doesn't need to be complex. And understanding how to use it to grow your business shouldn't be painful either. And so on that note, in the next two episodes, we will be discussing CRM implementation. And in those two episodes, we'll share the perfect 10-step Rolls-Royce plan that will ensure a professional approach to a CRM implementation that minimizes risk for your business or charity and ensures a smooth project delivery. This has been the Rocket Pod podcast, delivered by Rocket CRM the place for spot-on CRM advice delivered in a simple-to-understand format as Rocket CRM makes CRM simple. The show was produced by the team at Rocket CRM and Thumbs Up Marketing. With special thanks to Alex Tilbrook Design and Illustration and MD Hammond. For information on Rocket CRM, visit rocketcrm.co.uk and you can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Twitter's at Rocket CRM UK and LinkedIn at Rocket-CRM. Thanks for listening.